Good morning, everyone. This is Pastor Troy Bond with the Raven Institute of Ministry and Biblical Studies. Coming to you live right here once again from Central Florida. Right here with me once again is Scott Durant. Good to have you again, Scott. We've been having a great time here uh, this this past week on the, the Raven Institute. We're doing an expository study on the book of Romans. If you've not been with us in the past, we're actually at class number, what is it, Deb? 178 hours in a discussion on the book of Romans, and it has been a, a tremendous ride, no, very, very challenging, but just a, a, an awesome time of just coming before the Lord Jesus Christ. If you've not been with us in the past uh, before, can I get a drum roll, please? We actually now, Deb has got all of the classes up on our, uh, on our server that you can actually download, right? Oh, she's got, she said not all of them. She's got a hundred and how many? She's got a hundred. She's got enough to keep you busy until she gets the rest of them up. You can actually go to our website at www.biggrace.com, www.biggrace.com. You'll see that on the screen, and you can actually click on Raven Institute, and all of those classes are available for free download. And so you can go to those if you've missed any of them. Download those to your computer and uh, burn those on a disc, MP3. There's no charge. If you want a disc, if you don't have a way to do that, and you want all of these, you can email me at raven at biggrace.com, raven at biggrace.com, and I will send that to you free of charge. We don't, we don't charge for anything. We'll even pay the postage for you. Make sure you get that in your hands. It's all absolutely free. You can write your name on it and say that it was you and your friend rather than me and my friend. We don't care. Just get the word in your heart and in your life. And uh, because we're just wanting to lift up Jesus. So uh, be sure and go to do that. And matter of fact, uh, go to the new site. Raven Institute, and there's a player. It's just like having your own little iPod right on the screen. You can listen to all those. And not only are we going to put the, the Raven classes, uh, but we'll also, all of our leaders around the country that are recording uh, teaching, preaching, whatever else, uh, uh, relative to the Word of God, we're going to have those available on there as well. So you're going to see literally hundreds and hundreds of, of, of sermons and teachings and, and things like that available on that, that, that server. So go check that out. Also, if you want more information on Raven Ministries, go to our website, biggrace.com, and and check it out. What you're going to find is it's pretty simple. We're about lifting up Jesus and equipping the saints to do the exact same thing. We're about just preaching righteousness and believing that, that, that he is still using the foolish things of this world to confound the wise. So go check that out on there. And you'll see also, go down to Raven Nation. You can click and you'll see our teams scattered out across the United States and into eastern Canada and expanding to other places as well. Because we'd like to get involved in what you're doing. Let us know if you're doing something in your community. And if we can send some laborers. Man, we don't mind getting out there and getting our, our hands done. It don't have to be about us because it's about Jesus at the end of the day. If you'll give us the ch- chance to go plant or water, and we'll all sit back and watch God give the increase. And so get on there, check it out. If you got questions about uh, anything in the Word, if if you'll hold those questions off until after the top of the hour, we'll be glad to to set and answer any of those things that you have. Uh, in detail, if you have questions about any other subject that you want a little bit more detailed answer for, email me, raven at biggrace.com. We'll do our very best to search the scriptures and to provide an, an answer to the questions you might have. Or at the end of the program, we'll flash a number on the screen. Uh, matter of fact, we'll put it on there now. One, go zap souls. One, G-O-Z-A-P-S-O-U-L-S. And you can call in after the program. We'd, we'd love to sit and, and help you anyway. If you need prayer, you can send that to pray at biggrace.com or call us up live and we would love to, to, to do anything that we can. We're going to a prayer today just asking God for just really his visitation and his habitation in this place and also let's begin to just pray for the sick we've been getting some great reports I mentioned that uh, uh, yesterday when we were praying early morning we pray also folks from 5 until 6 a.m. Eastern Standard Time and so if you want to join us, join us live on that we'd love for you to come and be a part of that but we were praying yesterday I got word the day before of a cousin of mine who had had a stroke and uh, he had gone home and he'd still having some problems but he had a large growth that was on his leg 
And uh, and so we were praying yesterday morning. It was at 5.30 our time, which would have been 4.30 his because he lives in the central time zone. And he and, and later on, unbeknownst to either one of us, he had gotten out of bed to go to the restroom. And he still had this, this troublesome growth like a clot on his leg. Mm. It was it had been huge. And he got up and he retched down. And at 4.30, he said it totally dissolved. And that was precisely when you folks, and we were agreeing and calling out to Jesus for his miracles. So we're believing that God is going to continue to do some amazing things. So send those prayer requests in. I mean, we serve a God that is able to heal and to touch and to restore. He's just waiting on some people to consecrate themselves and call upon his name. So let's pray for the sick today and just pray for God's blessing on this teaching today, Brother Scott. Father, I thank you right now, God. You are an awesome God, holy and righteous. Father, we just lay before you right now our lives, our hearts, our minds, our souls. God, I ask that you would just touch each of us. Open our eyes. Lord, let us see the truth today. Open our ears to hear. Father, I rebuke the devourer. I know the enemy will come immediately today to steal the seed that's going to be sown. We rebuke the devil in the name of Jesus. Father, I pray, God, that your authority would just touch the body of Christ and people would just begin to walk in what you've called them to walk into. Holiness and righteousness, God. God, I believe this is a time to call the nations to righteousness and holiness. God, I pray for that. I pray that you would just break men's hearts. That you would bend them, God. You would, you would mold them into your image, into your likeness, Father. Father, I thank you for that. I thank you for healings, God. God, not not that we might be glorified, but Father, that you would be glorified. Father, if in any way, God, in any way we bring glory to ourselves, God, God, bring us down. Humble us, Father. Humble us. Father, I give you permission in my life, God, to humble me, break me, God, mold me. Father, I just thank you that your bride is going to be a bride without spot and wrinkle. Yes. God, and that is what we are trying to become, the bride without spot or wrinkle. Father, thank you for that. Thank you that we can walk in perfection. We can be more than conquerors. We can walk above sin. Father, thank you for giving us that power to overcome. We will be overcomers, Father. I thank Thank you for that. Mm, Thank you. Father, I thank you for everyone listening. Father, if there's anyone sick listening right now, I lift them before you. Father, I pray that you would heal them right now. God is a saint. She said, if two or more agree, Father, we're agreeing. We're agreeing right now, Father, that they're being healed, Father. We just pray that the Holy Spirit is going to them and ministering. Right now, wherever they are, they're being touched by the Holy Spirit. Thank you for that, Lord. Thank you for your gracious Holy Spirit that you sent to comfort us. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 Hey, just a quick shout out, a special uh, friend, amen of yours that's on here tonight. Brother Roy. Brother Roy. Roy lives where? The great state of Montana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we were talking about the great state of Montana before we went live and about, what is there, like 35 people, you know, Roy being number 36 <laughs> that lives up there, but beautiful place. Uh, 35 fun. people and 35 inches of snow. They 35 just got people. snow they, the other day, right, Roy? They, they get an inch of snow for every individual. And now how, how long have you guys known one another? Oh, 20, 20 something years. Twenty, almost since I've been saved. I mean, really? right after that, we started going to the streets. I met Brother Roy. Uh, I believe at Monte Gras. I believe on Monte Gras outreach. Is that and, right? uh, have been to Key West with him. Been to England with him. Been to Columbia with him. Uh, he's uh, a great brother, man. I, I, I admonish him. He's a, uh, he's definitely a man of God. Amen, brother. 
We're going to have to get him down and hang out with us a little bit and, uh, this year and here in Daytona Beach and, and elsewhere as well. Good to have you, my, my brother, my friend. I tell you what, uh, I, I think I met him in cross in passing this past year at Mardi Gras. Yeah. And um, right in the middle of Bourbon and Saint, you know Saint Pete, so you know there's not a whole lot of pleasantries going on there because you're in the mm. in the battle. But uh, I, brother, I feel like I know you because uh, in our conversations all the time, we're always sharing testimonies, whatnot. He's always talking about just the glorious things that uh, that y'all seen Jesus do as you got out there into the mission field and and in the harvest field of souls. So good to have you this morning, uh, uh, and good to have everyone else here this morning from all over. Good to have. Uh, our teams from all across the United States and, and our visitors as well. Uh, once again, good to have everyone here. We just pray that God uh, bless this time. Brother, we've been in this 13th chapter. and it, I mean, it's uh, it's something else in, in this last. And today we're going to close out this 13th chapter and we'll strike off into the, the 14th chapter of the book of, uh, of Romans tomorrow. But uh, these last four verses, I tell you what, I want, I want to read those first two that we've really been hitting on the last couple of days. And he says, in that, knowing the time, this is verse 11 and 12 of Romans chapter 13. Now the time is high time to awake out of the sleep, and now is our salvation nearer than when we believed. It said, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us therefore cast off works of darkness, and let us put on the armor of light. Brother, there's been some, some really interesting, and you know, for these two, for, I don't know about yourselves that have been with us, but really challenging verses because of their nature, yes. of the nature of what they are. And you know, you know, Paul was, was very, very thorough. And if you, you know, obviously you can see by the, by the hours that we've spent, you know, every day, uh, back in, once again, we started nearly a year ago in this study. In a, in a daily study, but very thorough in really laying down these doctrinal principles of the Word of God in this Roman letter. But I can I, I can't tell you how many times that brother I felt completely undone. You know, as I'm as you're teaching the Word of God, and, and you know, folks, when you're when you're teaching or preaching the Word of God, it, it has to come through you first, and right. so you get it uncut, you get it in its original format, and, and you are you are challenged and, and and purged by that Word, and so you know, the, just the the thing that that he brought forth in this treatise, this this book of Romans, this this letter, and it's how challenging, and, and what happens though when we get to verse, uh, excuse me, chapter thirteen, and specifically these these final four verses, brother, it's like an acceleration of things. You know, it's sometimes you can go and it's one thing to talk about and kind of address issues of sin and issues of past rebellions and issues of, of historical shortcomings or what somebody else did or how God dealt with someone. That's easy but because we can still somewhat depersonalize it. We can talk about it in the sense of them and, and those and what those people failed and how Israel, how could they have rejected the Messiah and how could they have been so uh, so ignorant in the wilderness. And, and it becomes, you know, we, we, we can apply those things topically, but because they're, they're, they're not really relative to us, it's easy to kind of depersonalize those type of things. But you can't run from these two verses. I mean, these verses bring it home. And so what he's doing right here, he's bringing everything into a place of the now. It now becomes relative and applicable to us and can't simply be cast off as being something for another people of another time. Because when he's talking about right here, it's our time, our generation, and he's talking about it in the present tense. Knowing that the time is when? The time is now. We talked about we serve a now God. But there's things that are now more relative than they ever have been before in our lives. He said, now it's time to awaken out of our sleep. Now is salvation nearer than when I first believed. Now we can no longer say that one day I will obey Jesus. But let me, let me, let me use this if I can. Uh, just kind of as a, as a, as a personal testimony in how it is. I, I remember you was at my house one day and you said, you know what? For, for all the things I've seen and all the things God's done, you know what? I feel like, and I'm trying to remember, you said, it's so easy for me to procrastinate. Yes. 
It's easy to be, and you said, and you're sitting, you're broken, sitting right here at, at this yeah. table, and you said, I'm, I'm done with it. I, I cannot put those, you said, it's too easy for me to say, well, one day I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. But when you get into something like that, it accelerates the entire process. Now, lo, no longer can we put off until tomorrow. Well, you know what? Next week, I'll do this. Or, you know, maybe one day, when I have more time, when I have more money, when these things come into order. Folks, I tell you what. We don't have time to begin to, to try to get all of our quote-unquote ducks in a row. We don't have time to wait for a divine appointment right now. Behold, now is the accepted time. Today is the day of salvation. Now it is high time, a time to wake out of our sleep. Now we must redeem the time because the days are evil. The night is far spent. So what it does in me, it brings me to a place of, of urgency and tells me just to shut up and do it. You know, uh I was praying this morning that that very verse where, where it says now I I was thinking about a song that you know back in the days when we were first saved I know you talked about you saw the movies and a lot of us older Christians have the left behind the right. old uh, the old thief ones, in the night thief in the night and that song used to be it's too late the Lord has come and I've been yep. left behind and and I don't fear that because I know my salvation is secure right. and I know I'm walking right before the Lord but as I was praying this morning I, my my heart was breaking because I said. Lord, don't let it be too late for revival. Yeah. Don't let it be too late for you to move. I don't want to stand before God and 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 He say, "You had your chance. It's too late." Yeah. Enter in, but but you're a pauper. You you uh, you have nothing. You, your reward is nothing. You've done nothing. What you've done has amounted to nothing. Hmm. You know, Paul said, "I count all things a loss." You know, putting those things behind us. We've got to put the things, even even the great works. You know, I mean, yeah. I've, I've preached out of a casket. I've done this. I've done that. I've preached on Bourbon Street. I've preached in England. I, I, I uh, with Roy, with Brother Roy, we saw the Muslim healed on the streets of right. England. I mean, miracles. You know, been there. And not to say I've done that, and that's what we should be doing. But now is the time. What right. are we doing right now? What are we doing to advance the kingdom of God today? You exactly. Know? And too many of us. Are living on past, or we're thinking about the future. And God is saying, now is the time. Today is the day. Today is the day to get on your knees, to humble yourself, and cry out to the Lord. But it's you think, high time. You that's think about that's it what the, this verse is saying. Going back to the prophets, Isaiah said in Isaiah 43, he said, Remember not the former things, or consider the things of old. Now, when he was talking to, the, to Israel in that, before, some of the former things were glorious things. Yes. But he said, Behold, I will do a new thing. He said, Will you not know it? He said, I'll make a pathway in the wilderness and a river in the desert. But first of all, before we can be the pathway in the, in the wilderness, think about that. We're, we're going to go into new territory. Before we'll be the river in the desert, before we'll do the impossibilities, the thing we've got to do is forget about what was past. Paul the Apostle, you just quoted from Philippians chapter 3. You know what? Guys, I haven't arrived at what I've learned to do. Forgetting those things that are behind, I press. And it, uh, we, can't, we can't live and sustain ourselves on yesterday's manna. Mm. And we've talked about that so many times that, you know what, it's, it, it's, it's not enough to talk about history, that we've got to have our spiritual pens out writing history every single day. Amen. Because the people, the, the Muslim that got saved and healed in, in Great Britain, and the young man that I led on the, to Jesus on the streets of, of Amsterdam, or the people that got saved in Colombia, or the thousands that have come to the Lord Jesus Christ on, on, on New Orleans, in, in Mardi Gras, or elsewhere. Brother, it's not going to do the people that are lost today a bit of good mm. hearing about what somebody else happened in their life or an experience they had with Jesus. Mm. There are every single day, according to the World Health Organization, 180,000 people die in this world. We know from Matthew 7 that most of those people don't know Jesus. So that means every single second, 25 people, folks, 
are dying and going to hell. Every single thing. Just think, there's 75 people. There's that boy at that grocery store that you just keep passing by. There's that girl down the street from you that always seems to be in trouble going to her car and always just disfuddled. And look, there's, there's 150 people that just went to hell while the church sleeps. And we're arguing over all these other things and we're, we're battling over all these contentions. And, and while we're, we're worrying about where well, half the church is battling if, if when Jesus is coming back, three-fifths of the world have never heard about the first coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Now think about those numbers. There's 500 people just now that went to hell are going to be completely separated for God for eternity. Where is the urgency? It's got to come to a place, folks, of the now. Because every second that we waste, every moment that we stop, somebody's got to step up and stop that swelling tide. Something the Lord showed me years ago, brother. You know, I was praying, and, and really it's overwhelming sometimes when you think about the staggering number of the, of the borders of hell and the, 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 the jaws of hell ever enlarging themselves is what he said in, in Isaiah chapter uh, 42, I believe it is. And, and think about that. What can we do? Now, I think about one lady that came and found this rebellious teenager. One lady wasn't particularly outgoing or gregarious or anything else. Now, I knew about the Lord. I knew the Word, the whole nine yards. But she came in just the simplicity of basically, when are you going to get serious? When are you going to get real? When are you going to start serving Jesus? And at that moment, boom, I knew what it meant. Second Corinthians 5.17 If anyone be in Christ Jesus, they're a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are made new right now it wasn't some process or or some something that I'm saying. Okay, you know what? I'm going to go to church a few times and hopefully in a few years and I'll be a Christian and all these things. Brother, I tell you what: when the Spirit of God came upon me, it was a change and a transformation. No one had to invite me to church. No one had to tell me to pray. Right. No one had to get, tell me to get in the Word. No one had to tell me to worship. The Spirit itself bore witness with my spirit that I was Amen. a child of God, and I was compelled, folks. Amen. I was compelled because I was impelled by the Spirit of God. Why? Because I had to repent. I recognized I was undone. I saw all the wickedness in my own heart and life and I knew that in that present condition of state as religious as I was and all the Bible verses that I could quote that if I faced God that there was no way that He would look upon my life and say well done my good and faithful servant because of her obedience to one person I've had the opportunity to see thousands come to Jesus and what the Lord showed me that you know when we were kids we'd set those dominoes up on end and He said how many do you have to hit to knock them all over? Just one. Just one. He said but how many do you have to stop to keep the rest from falling? Just one. See, folks, what God wants to do is bring us to a now time, a now responsibility. Because you may not be the one. I may not be the one. Brother Scott, you may not, we may not be the one that, that, that becomes that, that catalyst. We, not, we, not, we may not be the Evan Roberts that, that sees the, the revival in Wales. We may not be the Charles Finney that sees the Northeast change and transform. We may not be one of those men. But maybe we're the one that reach one of those people. Folks, I'll be happy with that. Let me lead the next Evan Roberts to Jesus in front of some nightclub on Bourbon Street. Let me be the one that 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 that, that snatches the, the the person that you're going to impart that word that's going to shape Nate. Let me be just a part of that. But folks, we've got to see the relevance of the hour that we've got to come to a now time to begin to see those type of things. And so I believe that there are particular times, brother, in history where the word becomes rhema. It becomes a living word that in times past it was truth. Right, but it it had somewhat of an applicability, but it wasn't quite the word for that season. And, and I look at this right now when we're looking at Romans uh, eleven and twelve. And I, I look at a word that was penned that was that, that Theonustos God breathed and penned by the hand of the the apostle two thousand years ago. It, and I'm sure there was a there, it was relative, obviously then, but it, but it didn't have the the rhema that it has for us right now. Think about Second Timothy uh, three sixteen. All scripture. Right. How much scripture? 
Uh, all Scripture is given of God by inspiration and profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction of righteousness. But the relevance of it is determined by the manner in which it's applied. applied. And so I believe what we're talking about these last couple of days, brother, is really a now word. It's, it's, it's now time. The, the, the day is far spent. The time is at hand. We've got to cast off the works of darkness and right. put on the armor of light. Amen. Amen. You know, you were talking about numbers and how enlarging. And I just heard a statistic on the amount of people being saved in, in South America alone. The whole nation of Africa should be saved. And if you take the evangelical crusades with Billy Graham and all the people that you, you equate in America, the, the, the world would be saved. Mm-hmm. But it's not. Right. What are we doing? You know, what, what, what's, happen- what's, what's, what's wrong? What's wrong with the picture? You know, are we, are we living out the Word? Are we walking in the Word? Are we truly... And that conversion you're talking about, we were... I was talking to... Um, Deborah this morning a little bit about Whitfield, you know, and, and the argument over Calvinism or Arminianism or whatever. But here was a guy that called himself a Calvinist, but he sure got out there and preached and sure right. got out there and did it. And and yet the thing with him was he made sure when yeah. they when they came to Christ, they knew Christ. It wasn't just pray this prayer. OK, you're saved. Pastor disaster told me so. Oh. And, and yeah. your name's on the roll. No, they worked out their salvation. They spent time with us. The altars, they'd spent hours at the altar till they knew. Yeah. And, 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 and with me, the same thing happened with me. You didn't have to ask me to come to church. Right. And, and the true mark of a conversion is they will know. They're saying, you don't have to tell them. They're saying, there won't right. be doubt. Well, I don't know. You won't ever hear them say, I don't know the Lord. I, well, maybe, maybe I got saved. No. There, there's not a, there was not a question in my mind. Have I ever said, yeah, I, I, I've stumbled and fall. But I tell you what, I have never, never been able to say I didn't know the Lord. That the Lord didn't awaken yep. me out of a sleep. Yep. He didn't set me free. He didn't come into my life and the Spirit did bear witness with mm-hmm. me. And that is the thing, brothers and sisters. When we, pr- when we push for a conversion, when yep. we push for the salvation of somebody, we've got to make sure they understand the cost. They understand what they're doing. And that they know the Lord. Yep. They really know the Lord for themselves. Yesterday, perfect example, we're out passing out apples. We run into this young man. He's just come from a funeral. A Jehovah Witness. And Terry tells him, you know, it's sad, brother, for that brother went to hell. Yeah. And uh, the guy says, you're right. And, and Terry says, well, what about you? He says, well, I'm sick. But he reeked of alcohol, admitted he was drunk. And we said, brother, you, you, you're not living it, though. He goes, well, well I believe, and that's good enough. Uh, that's all i got to do. What I do is, you know, that, that's okay. But it's not okay. Mm-hmm. And we asked him, well, well, what are you basing that on? Well, I, I prayed a prayer. Mm. I prayed a prayer. So do you know? Well, I don't know God, but I know about God. Well, then you're not saved, brother. And, and, and you're not going to heaven. That means you're going to hell. He said, how can you judge me? How can you say I'm going to hell? Right because here. the Word of God says, if you don't know Him, right. you, depart from me, you never knew me. Yeah. You who practice lawlessness. Yeah. He was practicing lawlessness. He admitted, he openly admitted, I don't know God. Yeah. I know about God. I prayed a prayer. I went to a church. They baptized me in the Halifax River. Yeah. I'm in. Yeah. I mean, right? If you, I mean, let me give you another example. You see right here, you guys are with this live Raven, Raven and Morello. 
is uh, Pastor Don Dykes, dear friend that he grew up with in, in Texas, that called him up and told him that he was going to be baptized and he wanted, and he was going to, and Pastor Don was going to go down at, at the baptism. And so he said he showed, he began to talk to him. I can't remember if it was, uh, it was personal or on the telephone, I believe it was. And he began to quiz him about, you know, why are you getting baptized? And he said his friend could not even tell him why he was mm. being baptized. Wow. And so he felt an urgency, and so he began to, to, to put this information together, began to search the Scriptures to show him what it really was all about, mm. to go and talk to him. Because his friend was about to get wet. He wasn't about to get transformed. Formed. And so he felt an urgency. He did not want his friend to, to, to enter into a, a, this, this false conversion of this counterfeit Christianity. And so he was willing to drive seven hours to go down and say, listen, I love this person, and I don't want this person to go into some, uh, to, to, to some spineless church, into some wide-gate gospel, and think that they're okay, and so he, he and his, his wife went down, and they began to uh, uh, to be a part of that, and began to share with him. But he said he went into the place, and they began. To, and you're familiar with this Rob Bell, this Velvet Elvis, and uh, garbage is what it is, folks. It is a doctrine of devils, is what it is. It's proliferated so much of Christianity. It's this uh, emerging church type of thing. Rob Bell, I'll give you an example. He's the one that said, "Listen, you know the doctrines of the Scripture are, are not rigid." They're, they're more like a, a trampoline with all these springs, the doctrines of the Scripture. And so, you know, if you lose one spring, it doesn't, you can still bounce. And he says, you know what? He said, if, he said, I believe in the virgin birth. He said, but if history proved out that, that Jesus wasn't vir- born of a virgin, he said, you know, that really wouldn't matter to me because there's a lot more springs. So he would wow. willing to strike at the very foundations. Wow. Now, the church that Pastor Don's friend was going to is the church that is, is associated with that. Folks, listen, salvation is something that will, will, will cost us everything. As you said something just a minute ago, brother, it reminded me. I was praying years ago when I was pastoring in Texas, probably 15 or 20 years ago. I was praying one day and the Holy Spirit spoke to me. You know, there's a few times when the Holy Spirit will pull out His whooping stick and wear you out. And for me, it's, it's times, it's not when I'm out doing some type of debauchery, some wickedness, or whatever. It, it's, it's times where He just wants to correct something biblically in my life. Why? Because don't let many teachers be among you because for them is a greater judgment. Here's what he told me. He said, stop telling people they're saved. He said, that's my job. Amen. Amen. Folks, yeah. that's what it comes Amen. down to, doesn't it? I, I, I totally, to, that, that's 100% true. Yeah. How, what gives us the right to tell anyone they're saved? I mean, God will do that. The Spirit will bear yeah. witness with them. Let them know in themselves. Let them work out their salvation. Yep. Bring them to a point where they see their need. They see their need to cry out to God and to know God. And, and that's why a lot of times you'll see me on the streets tell a person, you need to seek God. You need to know God. Go home. Get on your knees. Yep. Cry out to you know you know God. Yep. Instead of and, and, and God bless the brother that takes somebody and says, pray this prayer with me. And I'm not, not, I'm not saying that can't work. But I'm saying it's a tragedy that when people think because they prayed a prayer, they haven't met the Maker, yep. the Holy Spirit hasn't convicted their heart, they haven't been touched by the Almighty, and they're not changed. Folks, there is no magic mantra. Do you hear me? And I, and I said this as we taught in Romans chapter 10. I said, you know, people take them to that Roman road of salvation. And they say, what is it? Hold on, folks. We've got a blasphemer here. But before we, before we boot him off, let's pray for this guy that's yeah, using profanity. Go ahead and pray for him, brother. Then we'll... Father, I thank you for this man that's out there, God. That God, he doesn't even realize what your son has done for him. He doesn't realize that Jesus stretched out his hands to heal him and to forgive him of his sins. Yes. God, and he doesn't even realize that he brings condemnation on himself. This is condemnation that men love darkness. Yes. He chooses darkness over you, God. 
God, I, I, I plead for his soul. I pray yes. that, God, you might open his eyes, that you might be merciful. Like Moses, who stood in the gap of Israel when you decided to destroy Israel and said, Get out of my way. I'm going to destroy them. God, I stand in the gap for him, God. God, be merciful on him. Yes, Father. Father, forgive him. He doesn't even know what he's doing or saying, Lord God. Father, he's mm. been blinded by the God of this world, Lord yes, God. Lord. And Father, uh, Father I, I thank you that That's his right. words don't offend us, Lord God, but they offend the holiness of God. And Father, I'm praying that you'll just bring conviction. I, I thank you, Lord God, that he's come here, that you sent him mm. to this place and this time, Lord God. And Father, we forgive him, Lord God, and we yes. ask for mercy because we found ourselves at that point at one time in our lives as well that we needed the mercy of God. And so, Father, I'm asking you, Lord God, to show mercy upon yes. his heart, Lord God. I'm asking in the name of Jesus, Lord God, that yes. you would touch him. Father, that you would convict him of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment, Lord God. That, Father, you'd bring him, Lord God, to a place of repentance, Lord God, in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. But, you know, what, brother, you know, these things, this this is why we preach the gospel. You know, you see folks come into places like this and they do that. That's, this is reality right here. Mm-hmm. That, that, that people are in that type of condition. Folks, that ought to bring... What are we talking about? We're talking about how relevant that is. The, the time is, is far spent. Let's cast off the, the, the works of, of darkness. Folks, listen. That is what we're confronted with. Not just here in this forum, but we're confronted with that on, on a daily basis in people's lives. That is the reality of what has been produced in a generation. And folks, we've got to begin to cry out for that generation right now. These, these folks that have, have, have walked in such deception and walked in such darkness. And, but I praise God that, that, that He's brought these folks into this forum, that they've got to hear the word that we'll have the opportunity to, to pray for them. And so that, that's what we're confronted with. Amen. But brother, we were talking about just the whole issue of talk, talk, telling about people this prayer. You know, Paul the Apostle, you know, he gave us that, 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 that description in Romans. If a man would confess with his mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in his heart, God raised him from the dead. Certainly. And so people will take people to Romans 10, 9, and 10 all the time. Right. But what I say is the reason that he could give them Romans 10, 9, and 10 because he had already given them Romans 1, 1 through Romans 10, 9 through 10 through 8. Right. And so he had laid the foundation of repentance right. and transformation Amen. in their lives. Folks, listen. You can't just say cut to the chase and happy birthday. Here's you a cake. Folks, listen. You've got to pull the ingredients out of those things. And what the church has done is we've, we've tried to do this, this quick fix, pop it in the oven formula, and, and, and think that, that somebody can create this Christian mantra. And even the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association, I believe 90-something, the upper 90s percentages of the people, quote-unquote, that prayed this prayer don't, at their crusades are gone. But they think they are. Yeah. And, and brother, I tell you what, it's going to be a hot day in hell for, for people that tell somebody that you've got a, a free pass into heaven when in reality they don't. You know, let me go on record as saying this. I think that the, 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 the most dangerous doctrine that is being preached in the, in the last generation is, is not brought about by the Mormons. It's not brought about by the Jehovah Witnesses. I believe that it is brought about by, by people that teach this wide gate gospel, pray this prayer, this unconditional eternal security, this, this, this once saved all. I believe it is the most dangerous doctrine that has ever been preached. You know, the adversary has had to have sent back for eons. They can house a way that we can snare people. I know why. We may not keep them from going to church because there's too much there. But I'll tell you what we can do. Let's teach them that they can go and they can do just do a one-stop shop and go on about their business and they're fixed. So you know what you know what they're doing, Troy. You were talking about no foundation. And I'm I'm a general contractor. I build houses, and if you build a house without a foundation. Just build walls and put a roof on it. As soon as the ground begins to move, as soon as a flood becomes the wash uh, or a storm comes, the house falls down. 
Right. It, it washes away. There's nothing to hold on to. And that's what's happening. They're building a house without a foundation. Yeah. And then the floods of, of, of life come against them. Uh, you know, and, and there are floods of life, you know, and, and the other thing in the gospel they're preaching is that there won't be any floods, that, that, that everything wonderful is just going to be, right. God's got this wonderful plan, you're going to be healthy, wealthy, and wise, and that, that you're just, if, if you just sow into my ministry, brother, your friend will get saved, you'll have a big house, you'll have a big car, and, and, Brother, it's 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 a tragedy. It is. It's, it's a tragedy. It's a deception. The last year, and they fail. they build these houses, and the floods come, and these people, when when it comes, then they become twice the sinner they were before, yeah. and they harden their hearts against God. Yeah. And and man, if if oh. yeah, that's right. You know, brother, our responsibility is mm. to lead people to Jesus. That's it. And so when we go out and witness and share the gospel, and somebody says, "Well, how many people did you lead to Jesus?" My answer is, I led all of them to Jesus. Now, what happens once they get to Jesus, it's out of my hands. Amen. Folks, preaching the gospel, witnessing on the streets, it's what I call it, I call it sitting, like setting somebody up on a blind date. You see someone, you see their needs, you see their, their desperation, and you say to them, listen, I want to introduce you to somebody that's perfect for you. I want to introduce you to somebody that you're looking for somebody that's going to love you unconditionally. You're looking for somebody that's going to challenge you daily. You're looking for somebody that's going to, going to bring a, the, the, a part into your life that's going to bring a fulfillment to you. I know just that one because he brought it to me. And so we introduce them and we bring them. And really witnessing is like setting somebody up on a, on a, on a first blind date. Now, whether they, they continue in that relationship is up to them. Whether they want to cultivate that as well. Mm-hmm. Folks, listen, our responsibility is to lead people to Jesus. Jesus. Not to lead people to a church, not to lead people to a quick prayer, but to lead people to the Christ, the Son of the living God, to lead them to His holiness, to lead them to His righteousness, to lead them to His truth. And we plant some water, it's going to be Him that gives the increase. And folks, listen, this urgency literally is accelerated at this point. Think about talking about the, the, the relevance or the urgency is determined by how it's applied. Consider Isaiah 66, 8 just for a second. Put that on the screen, Deb. It says, Who has heard of such a thing? And who has seen such a thing? Will the earth be made to bring forth in one day? Will a nation be born in a day? As soon as Zion travailed, she was brought forth as her children. Now, brother, that was written 600 years before Jesus by the prophet Isaiah. And, and, and that probably didn't get people running the aisles when, when he said that. Will a nation be born in a day? Uh, because they were already a nation. Even when Jesus walked those dusty shores of Galilee, they may have been under the control of the Roman legions, but they still considered themselves a nation. But let's fast forward now to May 14, 1948, nearly 60 years ago next month. This text becomes relevant. Why? Because a nation that had been trampled under the feet of the Gentiles for nearly 2,000 years and had faded literally into obscurity, suddenly, boom, what happened? In a day, it was birthed. Folks, listen, do you think for a minute that Isaiah 66 and 8 came alive and it became relative? Certainly, it was, it was written 2,600 years prior. But in that moment, boom, it was accelerated into a moment. Folks, listen, the exact same thing can be said about right here in these final four verses of Romans 13. Certainly, they were penned. They were, they were, they were God-inspired and breathed when, when Paul the Apostle began to, to speak them under the control of that, those Roman legions. But he is saying to my spirit that this is now, not soon, not in the near future, not right around the corner, not before you know it, but right now, there is no time to wait. There is not a time to delay. The 
this is the moment that he is speaking. This is the hour in which God is raising up a people for a particular time in a particular place. It is right, right now. Now, now is it's, the time. Amen. Now is the time. Behold, now Amen. is the day of salvation. So we Amen. have an opportunity right now to grab a hold of the things of God in this moment. So praise God for it that we get to see that. You know, I think about something else. Before, I, before we go on to the next verse, I want, to, I, want, I want you to think about this as well. This is out of uh, Matthew chapter 13, verse 17. Jesus speaking, he said, I say unto you that there's many prophets and many righteous men have desired to see the things which you see and have not seen them, and to hear the things which you hear and have not heard them. Folks, listen, there are things that that, that people desire, prophets and righteous men desire to see that they did not get to lay eyes on, they did not get to hear. But brother, right now, in this moment in time, we we get to see it. I'm thinking about that, I'm thinking about throughout the Word, that Jesus told him, He said, there will be some standing here that will not taste of death until they see the Son of Man coming in His kingdom, in His glory. I I believe we're part of that generation. There's another verse that says, uh, there's been none born... Greater than John the Baptist. Yeah. And yet the least, the, in the least kingdom. in my kingdom is greater than John. We should be doing greater works. Listen, John stood up and triumphed, trumpeted right. in, the, in the face of the Pharisees, in the face of persecution, in the face of Herod, yep. willing to go and have his head shot, willing to go to prison. Right. You know, are, are you willing to go to prison? Are you willing to die? How far will you go? Yep. Because if you won't go all the way, don't go you're, at all, folks. You're not worthy. Um, I was going to make that quote. Roy, Roy typed it in. I, I, I remember it now. And said, what, it's John, John Wesley made this. He said, Once a man is touched by the gospel of flesh and blood, it is seldom, if never, he should be converted. Yeah. And, and that's what we're having today. You know, it, 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 it is a tragedy. It, re, it really is. Um, but, you know, brothers and sisters, we, we can do something. We can make a difference. We can rise up, you know, and make a difference. If we will get on our knees, pray, seek the Lord. Yep. The, next, um, the next verses tells you. Read 11 what, and 12. Read 11 and 12. Um, you mean 13 and 14? 13 and 14, I'm sorry. It says, let us walk properly as in the day, not in reverently and drunkenness, not in lasciviousness, lewdness, not in strife or envy, but put on... The yes. Lord Jesus Christ. And make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. That's right. Mm. That's right. Let us walk properly. What is, what is God saying there? Walk, walk properly. Don't just talk the talk. Right, right. But have a walk Amen. that is indicative of the talk. And, and you know, think about, we're, we're talking about, look at even in verse 12, the night is far spent, the day is at hand. Let us cast off the works of darkness. Amen. Cast off, folks. Listen, if we're if we're walking in in the flesh, we're walking in darkness. We've got to come to the point where we're casting off this. What is the thing in your life that's bringing darkness into your heart and life? But you know what? You you you've got to cast off. But there also has got to be a putting on. Now think about what he said. Cast off darkness and put on the armor of light. That word armor is the is the Greek word hapion, which means an implement of warfare. Amen. Now think about that for just a second. Brother, there's a war. battle. Well, yeah. You, well, you heard me last week when, when I preached. I was talking, or a week before when I preached and talked about the church being a, a, on a luxury liner. And um, we get on these, these cruise ships. Rather than a battleship. <laughs> exactly. And, we get on these, and they actually have them, these cruises you can go on, Troy, where they they're go out and they even call it an evangelistic thing and they have... Music and they and they they have bars on the ship. The people are drinking. They're carousing, 
and, and yet the people on the ship aren't being converted. Mm. No. The, it, it's it's just a big, it, and, and we think we're just sitting back in a chair, cruising along, and little yeah. do you see that there's a minefield out there waiting for you, that the enemy is firing his darts, he's firing everything he's got, and he means to destroy you. He is roaming around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. He will devour you. If you lay down your sword, if you take off your armor, you're going to get trampled. Yeah. You're going to get beat down, and... And you're going to get destroyed. Yep. And you look at the world. What is happening to the world? Look at the look at the evidence of sin. Look at these people. They start out first. It's a joint. Yep. Then pretty soon, you know, it's drinking some beer, or, or maybe it's beer first in a joint. Then after that, well, let's pop a few pills. Hey, I can't find anything else. Hey, I, I can get you some crack. Yep. And they try a little crack, and next thing you know, they go from looking like a normal person, they literally begin to look like a monster. Yep. And, and as bad as you've seen, and Crystal meth, the same thing. And when we were in Colombia, they have a drug called bazooka. And it's, it is, I mean, these people literally look like something out of a horror movie. Their faces are just deformed, shrunk in. It's, it's unbelievable mm. what sin, what the devil wants yep. to do to you. Yep. I mean, and that is his plan. He has, the devil has a plan for your life. Yeah, he does. He does. He absolutely has a plan. It's steal, kill, and, and destroy. destroy. He wants yep. to see you beside him in hell. That's right. That's what he wants to That's see. That's exactly right. Now, God has another plan for your life. Yep, he does. A plan to walk rightly. To be holy. To be yep. purified. To be purged. To live above sin. Yep. Not to live in sin. If you think for one minute God's called you to live in sin, I, I beg you. I tell you what, if you're out there and you believe we yeah. should live in sin, please type in the scripture where it shows we should live in sin. Exactly. Where it says, where Jesus didn't say we should be perfect. Mm-hmm. Where Jesus didn't say we could overcome. Where Jesus didn't say he came to set us free from sin, not in sin. Yep. Just Absolutely. please, please type it in for me. Show me I'm an error. Show me I'm an error. Go to 2 Corinthians 10, 3 and 4. Though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh, because the weapons of our warfare are not carnal in the flesh, but, but mighty, mighty through God to mighty. the pulling down of strongholds. And so if I'm going to put on the implement or the armor of light, it's got to be something not that caters to the flesh, but something that strikes against the very nature of the flesh. But brother, exactly what you're saying. And the reason that we see this proliferation of that carnality is because that is exactly what is being slung off of pulpits every single week mm. across across this, this nation. And, and we've exported this, this westernized carnal Christianity to others, unfortunately. We have, and now we have, we have African nations that are at once, we're seeing great miracles that are, that are now buying into this, this false prosperity message. And now they think that that's what it's all about. And so people used to talk about the great miracles happening elsewhere. Folks, listen, they've become westernized. And so they're walking in the same type of carnality, the same type of manipulation, and you're not seeing those things. But I believe that God is. He's calling us to come to that place where we begin to war not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. And folks, listen, you know where it starts? It starts with you, and it starts with me. We've got to conduct a battle. We've got to literally begin to send spiritual sorties out to bombard the heavenlies on on the behalf of our heart. Because I tell you what, the enemy is just waiting. He lies in wait, waiting to deceive. And, you know, the Scripture talks about, unless those days be short, that even for the sake that they would be 
deceived as well. Folks, listen, we've got to keep our eyes wide open. We've got to stay on our faces before God. We've got to continually, as David said, hide this word in our heart that we would not sin against Him, knowing that there's no temptation that comes upon us but that which is common to all men. But with every temptation, He provides a way of escape. Folks, He is, even now, right now, we're talking about the relevance of this word, right now He is accelerating things and providing for us a way of escape from those things, those sins, those those, those youthful lusts, those sins that so easily beset us. He is telling us, flee. Flee from the flee. wrath to come. Flee from the wrath. It is time it, to flee. I mean, it says it right there in first, first, mm, verse 13. Let us walk properly as in the day, not in rivalry and drunkenness. He's telling us what to do yep. and what not to do. Yep. I mean, it, it is really simple. And you know the sad thing? When we're out um, at Razzles and you see these guys that are walking, heading in the bar, yep. girls that are dressed worse than prostitutes, uh, worse I mean, I, you can ride down Ridgewood, and that's where the prostitutes walk and sell right. their bodies. And you can go to Razzles, and the girls are dressed worse exactly. going into these clubs. And the, the sad thing, the prostitutes aren't calling themselves Christians. These girls going in this club are. Yep. And my Bible says right here, let us walk properly. Yep. The way in not which... in rivalry, right. not in carousing, yep. not in lewdness, not in sexual immorality. Not, not, not. It's a warning. I will point my finger. Yeah, absolutely. It is a warning. It's a warning. Yep. It's high time we rise up. Out of the darkness, folks. Mm. Think about Psalms 15 and 23. Whosoever offers praise glorifies him. And him that orders his conversation aright, that's who I'll show the salvation of God. And it's actually what he's saying. He said, let us walk uh, uh, honestly as in the day, not rioting, not in drunkenness, that we've got to walk, folks, is the manner, the behavior in which we conduct ourselves. And that's exactly what he said in the Psalms. Listen, you that order your conversation, your behavior, the, what comes out of your life, it's to them that I'm going to show the salvation of God. Folks, don't think that it is. It's come to that place where, where I've said a prayer, or I've done something one time, or, or I'm, I'm kind of hopeful, and maybe one day. Folks, listen, there's got to be an acceleration of the righteousness of God that comes into our life. And it's to them that you're going to see the salvation of God. Otherwise, it's going to be the judgment of God. Right. And, and, and in, this, in the 14th verse where it says, make no provision yeah. for the flesh. I, I would say to you out there, and I, I would say that, Making no provision is going to a bar. You're making provision. You're making yeah. provision for the flesh. You're making an, don't go to those places. Don't put you. You say you're struggling in sin. If you've got a problem with alcohol, don't go where they sell alcohol. Avoid it. Yep. Run from it. Make no provision. If you've got a problem with sexual, sin, don't go to that woman's house. Don't go to that man's house. Make no provision. If you know if you've got a problem, hey if. If Jimmy Swaggart would have stayed off Airline Highway... Exactly. He wouldn't have been in the hotel with the prostitute. With the prostitute. Folks, let's bring it a little bit more close. Because you may say to yourself, well, I don't drink, but I don't, I don't carouse the prostitutes. What about, what about your tongue? Mm. The Scripture tells us that a man that can bridle his tongue is like unto a perfect man. It says that our tongue is our most unruly mm. member. Now, folks, it, it's, it talks about the, 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 the words of our mouth being like poison. And the words of a talebearer like wounds. What about making provision for the flesh and the lust of the flesh because of your words? How many times as, as a sincere believer you say, well, I just want to talk to you a little bit about something so you can be praying for something. And really, there had nothing to do with prayer whatsoever. It's just that you want to spit that venom out. That way you can unleash your vomit on someone else. Amen. What about making a provision in that? What about just sometimes just shutting up? Amen. Think about that. What about in, 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 uh, 
in, in complacency. Well, I'm going to do something. And you've talked about it. And it's just been this, this lifestyle of, of putting off and procrastination. What about provision for there? You know, we talk about the, 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 the analogy that the, the idle hands, you know, that in the world are, are the devil's workshop. Folks, listen, a, 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 a little waiting, a little folding of the hands. What, what about those times? What about making mm. provision because you're not putting your hand to the plow and not looking back? Mm. Folks, listen, we, we talk about the immorality. We talk about the drunk. We talk about those that go to the nightclubs. Those, it's obvious. That's why I like taking people to New Orleans during Mardi Gras. Because it's, it's almost like the 16th chapter of 1 Samuel when you have the armies of the Philistines on one side and the armies of God. You yeah. know where they're there. What they're, right. there. they're either they're the preaching. The line's drawn. The line's drawn. Yeah. When you stand in front of a club like Razzles, the line is really drawn. But, but what about when it's blurry? What about it's blurry even in your heart and life? What about when there's a blurry line between the, the natural man and the spirit man? Folks, listen, that's where we need to begin to conduct warfare at those innermost parts. He desires truth, according to the 51st Psalm, in the inward parts. And we begin to have truth in the inward parts where we begin to, to draw that line and say, listen, I cannot serve two masters. That I'll love one and hate the other. I'll hate the other and love the one. That I'm either gathering with him or I'm scattering abroad. Amen. Folks, we can't come, we can't live in that, that, that kind of that, that median place that we think we're riding some spiritual fi- uh, fence and that we're maybe leaning a little bit more towards righteousness, but every, uh, every, every once in a while we lean the other direction. Folks, listen, we've got to come to that place where we're walking in holiness and righteousness. And just what you said, not providing a, a provision for the flesh. But hasn't, let me ask you this, brother. Don't you think that, that the, the modern, False, not the not the genuine grace message of the divine influence of God upon the heart and its reflection of life, but this this greasy grace message of this you know what this 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 unmerited thing. Think about what he's talking about. Because grace abounds, should sin also abound? No. What do you say? God forbid. God forbid. God forbid. And how many times you people say when you well you know uh, I'm under grace, I'm not under the law, Hmm. folks. When you step out from under God's divine influence. When you step out from under holiness and repentance, you know what you've stepped back into? You've stepped back into the law. Yeah. That's what you've done. How can you say that you love God, but you do not even keep, keep His, his commands? commands? If I love God, there's something inside of me. Brother, before I got radically born again, I was perverse. I, I, I cussed worse than anybody ever knew. I had a, 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 all types of garbage and junk and thoughts, selfishness, pride, all this envy, junk in my life. Brother, but when I came to Jesus Christ, I didn't want to save a little place for that stuff. I said, God, if that stuff was so good, I would have stayed in that stuff. And I said, God, you're going to have to completely set me free and deliver me. And you know what he did, brother? He set you free. He set free and delivered me. I didn't go and dabble and say, you know what, just once a week, I'm going to begin to make concessions for that. I said, I don't want any more part of that because I've been there, I've done that, and I saw the the wretchedness of that. And it's been 20-something years. And brother, you know what? God's kept me. Why? Because I've not... Live the lifestyle of making provision for those things and just a little a little here and a little bit of there. But it's a pressing into the things of God. Well, you know, Troy, the thing is, and it, it says right here that to put on the Lord Jesus Christ. And they, the thing is, they've truly not put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because right. if they've truly put on Jesus Christ, think how Jesus Christ walked. Exactly. Jesus had a walk that was perfect. Jesus had a walk that He was without sin. Jesus healed the sick. To truly put on Christ is to do what Christ did, is to become Christ. That's right. Christ takes over. We surrender. You know, the thing you were talking about the other day, God, you know, people that say, God, God is my co-pilot. Well, if that's the problem, you're, you're, you're in the God, wrong seat. Yeah. Exactly. You're in the wrong seat. God needs to be your pilot. Yeah. You better get over there and be the co-pilot. Yeah. You know, let, let the Lord drive your heart. Let the Lord drive your life. Not my will, but thy will be done. 
We've got to truly put on Christ and put off ourselves. Throw those garments of flesh away. Yep. There's nothing there. They stink. They're rotten. There's holes in them. Yep. Who wants to wear old stinky clothes? Who? Do you? <laughs> no. Do you want to stink? Does it, I, I mean, no. Of course not. Take a shower. Come to the Word of God and wash. Wash in the water, water of the Lord, Jesus Christ. Wash in the Word and put on the new garments. Put on those clean, spotless, white robes because in Revelations it says those who are adorned, those who overcome yep. will be adorned in white. white rain, We've got to overcome. It's time to become overcomers, overcoming what? Overcoming yep. sin and the flesh. Living righteously and living holy lives. And we will be adorned in white. Look at the trap. He, he, he gives us four or five things right there in, in that 13th verse. Rioting, and that really just comes to all these divisions, contentions, always just clamoring and bitterness and, and all these things. Drunkenness, dealing with, with addictions, dealing with bondages. You know what? I, I meet as many Christians that, that, that drink as I do lost people, and they think it's okay. Uh, uh, all these addictions, whether it's a drunkenness, drugs, a nicotine, whatever it is. Chambering and wantonness. That, that has to do with sexual immorality. I heard somebody say the other day the number of, talking about the number of pastors that have fallen, not, and not just on the national level, but throughout just on, on local levels that have fallen because of sexual immorality and adultery and, and divorce. That's what it's talking about. It's allowing those things. That's just the pastors, let alone the flock and that type of thing. I believe actually they said in the, 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 the divorce rate in the church quote unquote in Christianity is a few, uh, a few uh, tenths of a percentage point above that in the world. Why? Because the world don't even get married. They're thinking we know where it's going to. The church does, but they don't have. There's no sanctity in that that marriage relationship. So that has to do with sexual immorality and things that are happening. Uh, strife and envy. Really, what that comes down to, folks, is the rat race. And so whether you're, you're, you're walking in, in all these other type of sins or whether you're just caught up in the rat race and you're just saying, you know what, I'm, I'm looking out for number one, I'm going to get my piece of my pie or all these other type of things. Folks, listen, that's what he's talking about. But he tells us we have got to put on Jesus Christ. When Ephesians gives us six, talks about put on the full armor of God. What does he do? Put on Jesus Christ. Put on those things. And in doing so, what's going to happen? There's going to become integrity. Integrity literally means there's no breach. And so if I need integrity in my life, it means that I'm not leaving a breach. Why? Because I'm putting on Christ Jesus. Every good, every perfect gift comes down from God, the Father of lights. There's no shadow of turning. There's no, there's no breach. There's no, there's no open avenue. And so if I put on Him, I can expect to have victory. This is the victory that overcomes the world, even our faith. Amen. You know, I was, I was just reading the scripture in uh, Galatians 5.16 where it says, Walk in the Spirit and you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. And if we truly... No, no, say that again. Will not. Will not. Not Absolutely. might not. Not might not. But will, will not. And if you think about, in order to, to sin, mm -hmm. you, 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 you cannot have on the Lord Jesus Christ. Because right. Jesus doesn't sin. Right. You cannot be wearing the garment of Christ. You've actually taken your hands off the plow. You've looked to the lust of this life. You've, you've taken your eyes off the call, the prize, yep. and you're looking elsewhere. You're looking elsewhere and you're in danger. Yep. You're very much in danger because, brother, you know, if you think there's some other way you can be saved than by Jesus Christ, you, 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 you've, you've lost it, brother. The law is not going to do it. You're not going to do it by works. You're going to do it only through Him and only through walking in Faith, His Spirit, right. living in Jesus. Him. Listen, if we'll, if we'll just focus on Christ, if we'll truly do what... It, it, you could take these few scriptures right here. If that's all you had. And you know what the funny thing, Troy, is here we have in America the Bible. From that's Genesis right. to Revelation. Right. In China, 
A lot of them can't get Bibles. Some of them get one page. One yeah. little page. Look here. This this one little page of the Bible. You know, they're going to get one one page. I, I got one. They hold it dear. And, 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 you know what? This is what happens in China. Check this out. Somewhere in here. I got one that's loose. I was going to pull it out, but I, it, it, I can't find it right now. But they take one page. That's all. They may only have three verses cut out of a page. Right. And that's all they have. To, but they live righteously. They take... If you could take those... Four scriptures right there in Roman and, and, and apply them to your life. You could live rightly. Yep. You could walk in Christ yep. Jesus. You could be an overcome. You could actually be in Revelations one who has overcome, one who is adorned in white. One who Christ will say, Well done, my good and faithful Amen. servant. Enter in. Enter in. Brother, think about this for a second. As you said, I was, I was thinking about even when, when Paul began to preach and call him righteous. They didn't have this benefit. Right. They didn't have this written word. Yeah. They had to get hide it literally in their hearts. Folks, where much is given, much right. is required. They didn't have these 66 books of Scripture, these 1,179 chapters, these 31,101 verses. Right. Folks, listen, what they have, we have the benefits of all of this provision. And think about how little of it we actually live. Think about that just for a second. God has entrusted us with this word of truth to walk in it. And unless we do, brother, I tell you what, we're going to be, we're going to be judged according to what we know. You're, you'll be held accountable to the amount of light that comes. Where there's no law, there's no sin. Folks, He has given us the perfect law of liberty. And so what has it done? It's, it's, it's designed to expose, to reveal, but also to transform our hearts and lives. Folks, we're done with the 13th chapter of the book of Romans, but literally, it, it doesn't slow down. Trust me, it gets even more intense as we get into the 14th chapter, and that's where we're going to dive into tomorrow. But really, folks, you really said something there at the end. If we just had those four verses of Scripture, you can walk in righteousness. That's Absolutely. what he's calling us to, folks. Absolutely. And listen, I really put off, put on, put on the Lord Jesus Christ, put off the, the works of darkness, and put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Begin to ask him, Lord God, how can I put you on? And I, since I'm not going to close with this, you know, he tells us, if any man wants to come after me, let him deny himself, take up his cross, put on the cross, and, and follow after him. It, we're to take it up daily. What, what does the cross represent? You know, back in the days of, of Roman times, if you seen a man carrying the cross down the street, you knew he wasn't coming back. Yeah, it's over. It's over. You've, you've gotten rid of yourself. It's the instrument of your own execution. Yeah. And so we need to take up what's going to kill the flesh, but we're going to be resurrected in Christ Jesus. Now think about Galatians 2.20. I've been crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. But it's not I that live, but Christ that lives in me. Now, now think about this. And here's what the enemy, is, I believe, has been trying to do. Jesus is hanging up on the cross, and the soldier looks at him. He said, come down from the cross and save yourself. Now, obviously, Jesus didn't do that. But let me ask you. When you wanted to get bitter, when you wanted to be unforgiven, when you wanted to compromise, and the enemy looked at you and he said, why don't you just come down from the cross and save yourself? Wow. Folks, we need to get, begin to take up our cross and stop coming down from the cross trying to save ourselves. Once again, folks, we are totally, totally out of time here today. But I really encourage you to come back tomorrow. We'll be here at 9 o'clock a.m. Eastern Standard Time. Love to have you. If you have any questions, we'll hang around afterwards. We'll shoot the volume down and, and you, there's that number one uh, go zap souls you're welcome to call in if you have any other questions you want any type of other information email us at raven at biggrace.com got one bit of advice for you today as we do every day and that's get into God's word and God's word will get into you